This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This Thanksgiving, what I am thankful for is I've been living on a ship for a long time. I've been restricted to eating the the food that is on the ship. And I have been, not to get graphic, not to give a TMI, I've I'm been so ready for um, backed up for about three to four weeks now. We're talking <laughs> constant stomach aches. We're talking me laying on the ground trying to do different yoga poses that are supposed to improve digestion. Cut to Thanksgiving. All the Americans in our cast, we threw like a Thanksgiving party for our cast in our dressing room. We made like a makeshift table. We got a bunch of food at Trader Joe's that wouldn't need to be cooked because we don't have access to a kitchen. So just like stuff that needed to be refrigerated. And we laid it all out. And we all got together and we all ate. And... There were so many grapes, and there are never grapes on the boat. And I ate those grapes like my life depended on it. Yeah. Nary a stomach ache since. Moving and a grooving, the pipes are flowing again. No, I'm glad. This Thanksgiving, I'm thankful for grapes. Welcome to Recovering Gleek, a podcast for all of your complicated feelings about the TV show Glee. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to Recovering Gleek, colon, a Glee podcast. Uh, my name is not Baby, it's Ian, Mr. Alright If You're Nasty, and I am a Gleek. Um, hey, what's up, everyone? My first name ain't Lena. It's Janet. Miss Jackson, <gasps> if you're nasty. Whoa. This is, what did you say? Baby. This is humiliating. How long have we known each other? I literally had no idea your name was Janet. I kept it a secret. What can I say? That's one of those things that's like, you know, I go by my middle name. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Janet Lena Jackson. But sometimes <laughs> you just say Knatzer as like a little. Yeah. It's your stage it's, name. It's my stage name. My stage name is Lena Knatzer. <laughs> Got it. Got it, got it, got it, got it, yeah. got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was also, Janet Jackson is already, you know Janet Jackson. Exactly. She's already it's, in the you can't, I can't take it. Exactly. You were like, I can't, that can't be my equity name. <laughs> Why be. do you think his name is Michael B. Jordan? Because there's already a Michael Jordan out in the world. Literally. Come on, you guys. Yeah, shoot. You guys know the drill. <laughs> can't get another shoot. Janet Jackson out in here. Um, How's it going, everyone? It's going Hope pretty you well. Had a- oh, good. <laughs> how's, it, how's it going, everyone? Uh, Answer us right now. Uh huh. Listen- <gasps> I'm listening. Oh, cool. 
Oh, oh that sucks. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. <gasps> oh, but that's good. Okay. <gasps> okay. And? And uh-huh. then? No way. No way. Stop. Are you kidding? No. no. You're lying. Okay, cool. I know. Well, honestly, thanks for sharing. Love you guys. Um, are you ready to talk about freaking Puppet Master? I am so beyond ready to talk about Puppet Master. Okay, listen. I, I think we are about to say the episode. same thing. I was like, if Ian doesn't like this episode, I might die. I'm, I'm going to die on this. this. Puppet Master is a great episode. This episode's a capital B banger. Like, <laughs> I was not even like, oh, it's a little better than I remember. I was like, this episode is just like objectively a good episode of television. No, this episode's amazing. Like, literally, I was laughing up a storm. All mm-hmm. the numbers are awesome. Like, mm-hmm. like it is like all the fun parts of Britney Britney. But like exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so fun. It felt like watching this episode. I'm gonna be honest. Watching it, I was like, I should rewatch Britney, Britney, and maybe I was too hard on it because I had such a fun time with this one. Um, and so like, I'm just gonna put the disclaimer that maybe I have different views of Britney, Britney now if I were to rewatch it, and Whoa. I physically can't because I don't have the internet to do so at this moment. But. Something that like bothered me about Britney Britney that I remember bothering me at the time was all the fantasy sequences felt like they were very fun, but they felt forced because it was like, how can we force this character to sing this Britney Spears song? And they would kind of do some like out of character stuff or like things that just didn't feel very natural to me to justify the song. Whereas in Puppet Master, because it's not a tribute episode, all the fantasy sequences make a lot of sense with who that character is and what they're going through in the episode. Sure. sure. And they're all a great time. I'm glad. No, this episode is really fun. I think like all the, most, all the songs are heaps of fun. All of the, like the, the drug induced uh, musical numbers are awesome. Mm-hmm. It's just like really funny. I'm into this episode. I think it's really fun. You heard it here first. Puppet Master is a good episode of television. Good episode. No, it's great. I think it's easy. I literally was like thinking about this. I was trying to like decipher my feelings. So I'm like, I have always like thought about this episode really like with disdain. And listen, same. I don't think this episode ends great, but I think this episode is great. And that's probably what I'm remembering. I'm so glad you said that. I had the same experience. I was like, I wonder if what does the fox say left such a bad taste in my mouth that I forgot everything that happened prior. Because no, honestly, what does what does the fox say is like? I mean, the biggest issue is it is besides Gangnam Style the most glaring example in my opinion of Glee. Just picking a song because they're like, please watch yeah. our show. Please watch our show. Please watch our show. Like, oh, this song's a meme right now. Please watch our show. We're singing the song on the show. Please watch. Please watch. Yeah. Please watch. It comes out of nowhere. It doesn't make any sense. No. It's just like kind of embarrassing to watch them do it. But everything before those last two minutes is so good. No, literally. Ugh. Which like, I mean, is uh, it is something to note about this episode that like, 
their, you know, their insatiable need to end the episode with a group number that mm-hmm. is like a popular song to get streams, um, you know, is the nail in its coffin, unfortunately. But this episode rocks otherwise. Let's hear some glax about an absolutely incredible hour of television, Puppet Master. Oh yeah, it's time for the glax. Puppet Master, season five, episode seven, 95th episode overall. Aired on topical Thanksgiving night, November 28th, 2013. No way. Bizarre that last year when the episode didn't... Wait, actually, did Thanksgiving come out on Thanksgiving? It might have. Take that back. I forgot that Glee always airs on a Thursday at this time. So Thanksgiving probably did air on Thanksgiving. So uh, ignore everything I was about to say just then. But it aired on Thanksgiving night, November 28th, 2013... And it was, drumroll please, the lowest watched episode of the series to date. No, <laughs> sad. Those people don't know what they were missing. This, this episode's good, you guys. Go back and retroactively watch it. But having it air on a holiday yeah. and not be themed to that holiday is kind of a bad call. I also feel like Thanksgiving night is not the time to, like, watch a new episode of Glee. No. You're, like, watching Christmas movies. Yeah. Or, like, like if you're my watching... family, you're, like, going yeah. to the movie theater. Totally. Oh, absolutely. Going to the movie theater is a big one. I yeah. feel like if you're going to air something on Thanksgiving, it's in the morning or we're not going to watch it. At least, like, you know. Oh, yeah. In, like, American yeah. audiences are not watching new episodes at nighttime yeah everyone's like asleep or out yeah this is on them or working or going to bed because they have to work really early in the morning if you're out yeah or getting that sweet sweet uh holiday pay double pay baby hello this episode was directed by paul mccrane and it was written by paul mccartney just kidding i'm sorry it was written this was directed by paul mccartney sir paul mccartney and it was written by so I remember the first time that this man wrote an episode and I was like, this man is such an awful writer. Here's a list of some of the episodes he's done. And it was, mm-hmm. I kissed a girl, which I stand by that episode's bad. Yeah. Shooting star, which I stand by that episode's bad. And then this one. And I was like, and that yeah. episode's bad. My apologies, Matthew Hodgson. This yeah. episode's good. This episode, this episode rocks. And honestly, I don't even, I'm going to say it here and now. I highly doubt that I that what the fox say is like his fault. I bet that's a Ryan. No, that I has agree. Ryan Murphy stink on it. I super agree with that. And I kissed a girl and shooting star are still dreadful episodes of television. So mm-hmm. he's still, you know, he's still a little bit on my shit list. But that's one for two, really. I'd like to apologize. Well, he also wrote Saturday Night Gleaver, and that episode's pretty good. But I'd like to apologize oh, yeah. to him for bad-mouthing this one. Also, the last most recent episode Matthew Hodgson wrote was Shooting Star. Are there two more different episodes in the history of television yeah. than Shooting yeah. Star and Puppet Master? This one has, like, no stakes at all. Uh-uh. <laughs> it it's, is just it's, fun. It is truly, like, one of the episodes is... Everything that is wrong, like 
every way that Glee handles things poorly. And the other episode is like all the ways that Glee succeeds as yeah. a TV show. Like Shooting Star is Glee taking itself way too seriously, putting way too high stakes, not really thinking things through and just taking way too big of swings. And this episode is like nothing matters and it's all kooky and fun. Yeah, totally. And that's when I love this show. Yeah, Songs seriously. and Puppet Master. We have Into the Groove by Madonna performed by Pamela Lansbury. You're My Best Friend by Queen, performed by Blaine and the Puppet New Directions. We have A Mashup of Nasty and Rhythm Nation by Janet Jackson, performed by Jake, Marley, and Brie. This is, seven episodes in, the first mashup of season five. Whoa. It's the final time Brie ever sings. Goodbye, Brie. Miss you so much. Um, it's a very highly inspired by the Rhythm Nation music video. Mm-hmm. Once it goes into the Rhythm Nation sequence, the black and white, the choreography, the outfits, all of that is a shout out to that music video. Also, when we switch from Nasty to Rhythm Nation, Bree slaps Jake across the face and then it does the transition. She lifts up her right hand to smack him. Then the camera cuts to his face and he gets smacked by her left hand. So she did a little, like, to keep him on his toes, she did a little fake out where she's like, Like, oh, you're ready for your left cheek to get hurt? Just kidding! Smacked him on the other side. (laughs) Totally. A fun fact about Rhythm Nation by Janet Jackson is that there is a frequency in this song, like the, the sound frequency that the bass of this song plays at, that in the mid 2000s was at, how do I say this without sounding stupid? A fun fact about the song Rhythm Nation by Janet Jackson, which I learned just today, is there was a time period in the mid-2000s that when people would play this song on their laptop, their laptop would break. Or if they played it close to another laptop, the laptop would break. Like, it would break computers. And they found out that the frequency that the bass plays at in this song is, like, such a specific, exact frequency Uh that was put into the hardware of those computers. And so when it would match up, it would cause them to break. I imagine since then, they started making computers differently so that Janet Jackson cannot destroy them. Thank God. From the past. Seriously. Fix computers. Don't fix the Janet Jackson. That's awesome. That's really (laughs) crazy. I feel like I remember that. Then we have Cheek to Cheek by Fred Astaire performed by Will and Sue. This is crazy to me. This is the first duet that Will and Sue have ever sung on the show. Which is wild because I feel like when I think of Glee, Will and Sue duets are such a staple But I guess it's just from this point moving forward. But I can think off the top of my head right at this moment, I can think of three duets besides this one that they sing on this show that haven't happened yet. Oh. I guess just in Glee's final days, they got really into having those two sing together. Honestly, I think it's a good choice. This isn't the first duet that they recorded, though, because back in Makeover Season 4, Episode 3, they fully recorded and filmed them performing Mr. Monopoly and then cut it from the episode. But it is the first one to actually make the show. Okay. And then finally, we have the number that absolutely ruins the episode and made both of us believe it was a bad episode for years and years and years, which is The Fox by Yilvis. I think that's how it's pronounced. If it's not, I'm so sorry. I'm sure that band listens to this podcast. I'm sorry for hurting your feelings. 
uh, performed by The New Directions and Pamela Lansbury. Reportedly, this episode was originally going to end with We Can't Stop by Miley Cyrus. It was changed for unknown reasons. I think that would have been a better choice, but I also yeah. it also doesn't make sense. Yeah. Just like We Can't Stop with Puppets. I don't know. Do like... Moving right along in search of something. Da, 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 da. Can you imagine if they did a, a Muppets medley at the end of this episode? That would be kind of together again. Be kind of cute. Matthew Hodgson, I have some notes. This Glock's incredible. Both Darren Chris and Kevin McHale say that this is their least favorite of all the songs that they've done on Glee. Kevin yeah. McHale has actually talked a big game about how this is the moment, this performance is what broke him. He talks about on on Showmance, and then again on That's What You Really Missed, his two podcasts with Jenna Ushkowitz. They talk about how, like, you know, Glee was very demanding of the cast. They're all very young. They all were pushed very hard. And it was just... They talk about how, like, it was a good experience overall, but it was just a lot was asked from them. And they talk about how Kevin was the last one to break. That everyone had a moment when they were like, I'm so over doing this show, like, it's so hard, whatever. And they had, like, a bit of a meltdown. And Kevin stayed, like, happy to be on the show, happy to be doing it, until what does the fox say? And that was his moment. He was the very last one to be like, this is stupid, I hate doing this. Yeah. So... What does the fox say? Took out the last remaining member. Wow. Well, sure. I mean, with good reason. It would take me out, too, I think. No, I think I was watching it, and I literally, watching it, I was like, how were they not embarrassed? And I was trying to look at their faces to be like, which one of them is embarrassed? Like, which one of them is like, Naya I- Rivera. Oh, there's the moment when she has her puppet and she's smiling at it and you can see the pain in her eyes. You can see that she's like, do it for the check. Do it because your boyfriend wrote this episode. Do it for the check. Do it for your boyfriend. <laughs> it's bad. You know who? And you know, I can't tell. I don't know what was going through their minds. But you know who seems to not be embarrassed at all by this number? Who? Adam Lambert and Leah Michelle. Oh, n- literally. I was like, they're both the- so into it that I'm like, you guys. Goes, Ooh. And I'm like, oh my God, stop. Rachel is like trying to be all like hot and flirting with Elliot the whole time. And I'm like, first of all, sister, he's gay. And second of all, you literally are singing What Does the Fox Say with yeah. a puppet. Like, take stock of what's going on right now. Not yeah. the time or place to be hitting on someone. Maybe those two, like, just had, like, a good day on set together, so they're, like, just kind of having a good time. Yeah, and I mean, I respect that it's, like, we have to do it anyway, so we might as well yeah. commit to it. Oh, but yeah. But they're, they're very into it. It's really stupid. It's fun, though. <laughs> um, I... Oh, my God. We'll talk about it later, my feelings on that. So... Originally in this episode, they were going to have Becky, well, they were going to have Blaine and puppet Becky and Jake perform Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds in detention, but it was cut from the episode. I don't think it was ever recorded. It was just an idea that floated around. This is the first episode of season five in which Sam does not sing. This is exactly what I have written down for this galact. 
This is Bree's last appearance ever. Bye, bitch. That's what I put Bye, down. Bye, bitch. Not a Bree fan, apparently. Um, you know, I think Aaron, whatever the heck her last name is, does a great job. I just don't need that character. Out of character for you, you love a you love a girl bitch, you know. I know, but it's like we already have so many on this show. It's just because I keep yeah. redeeming them, so then they have to add another one who's meaner. Yeah. And I mostly don't like Bree because I don't like Jake's downfall and him reverting back to who he was. And so I can't like divorce yeah. her from that plot line in my mind. After Glee ended, I think they had an auction where they auctioned off a ton of props from the show. One of which was the Blaine puppet from this episode. Oh, and it huh. was auctioned off for $3,000. Oh, honestly, that's less expensive than I thought it would have been. I know, for. me too. I thought it would be more as well. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was going to be like $50,000. Seriously, like a house. Someone gave them their house to have felt Blaine. Well, those are your puppet glacks. Thanks for those puppet glacks, puppet Ian. Your puppet welcome, puppet Lena. Puppet thanks. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Are you ready for a puppet recap? I puppet am. Oh, Puppet, get ready. <laughs> okay. Harris was... Oh, what, what's the bit you start? You started that I never remember? Um, that we sing. We sing yeah. something about a recap. What are the songs in this episode? The Fox say. Here comes a recap. All right, here it goes. Here's a twist on Glee. Blaine becomes incredibly controlling when the time comes for the Glee Club to brainstorm ideas for upcoming national championships. He decides to ask Kurt for more advice, and Kurt calls him a puppet master, forcing Blaine to become even more controlling and furious. Back in New York, Kurt has trouble with Pamela Lansbury and their big launch. At McKinley, Bree and Jake have a pregnancy scare, and the superintendent misgenders Sue, and she decides to get with the help of Unique to become more feminine. Oh my god, I totally forgot there's a gas leak of McKinley, which has been making all of them hallucinate musical numbers. And that's what you missed on Glee! Wow! Wow. Incredible. You heard it here first, this episode kind of rocks. I really enjoy it. Yeah. You want to know what I love most about this episode? What? One plain Blanderson is plain and bland no more. No, he found he himself is, a personality. He's so fun. He is too fun. This episode is like a such a, a shining example to me of why giving your characters flaws makes them more compelling yeah because season two blaine god love him he's just 
uh, Kurt's hero and perfect boyfriend. And then this episode, I was like, oh, he's controlling and doesn't listen to other people. Yeah. I actually care about what goes on with this guy now. He seems like a real person. Totally. And, like, he's got, like, way too much going on and, like, way too many hobbies. Mm -hmm. And is, like, at his breaking point. I love it. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think he is just, like, just, like, at his wit's end this episode. And it just makes for, like, good, fun television. I feel like... Mm-hmm. watching him like cope with missing his boyfriend and also like you know ha- like having troubles in glee club and having troubles in school like manifest in him making puppets of all of his friends and <laughs> and him like talking to a puppet of his boyfriend and, like imagining everyone as puppets and also like you know i just think it's just so cute and fun i love it i know it's all very dumb i also love um I love that it's not just, you know, Blaine messes up. He finds out he's too controlling and then he feels really bad and then he apologizes to everyone. Like, Blaine for sure learns his lesson and apologizes at the end of the episode. But they have a lot of fun getting there of showing, like, bad sides of Blaine. Where, you know, we see one... First of all, this scene is just so funny because Brad never talks. And anytime he does talk, Mm -hmm. it's hilarious that he's talking. But when he walks into the choir room and keeps talking about, like, why does no one... Like, why does everyone think I'm so selfish? And they think I don't listen. And they think I only, like, care about myself and I'm too controlling. And the whole time he's fully talking over Brad, who's trying to talk about how his gambling addiction got so bad that he, like, has lost his home. (laughs) That scene is so funny. It's so funny. The fantasy puppet sequences are hysterical because they're so tongue-in-cheek stupid. Yeah. Like, one, Darren Chris is acting as if he's a special guest on Sesame Street when he's interacting with it's the puppets. Like, so, so cheery and happy. But then you still see how kind of, like, one-track mind and self-centered he is, mm-hmm. where there's a moment during... um you're my best friend where he sings with the Jake puppet and then like without realizing it swipes his hand and smacks the puppet so hard it flies off camera and then just keeps singing like we were having so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no. it's great. It's so fun. Uh, like speaking of this episode being tongue in cheek, I feel like this episode more than any other episode before has so many lines of people calling out the shit that doesn't make sense in this episode Mm -hmm. namely sue like calling out how it doesn't make any sense that like blaine cannot just go to new york for the evening her being like like talking to will at the end of the episode and saying something along the lines of like i'm not gonna give you more budget for glee costumes like what the fuck was that parachute a couple episodes ago you know for the lady gaga (laughs) number like come on (laughs) you know i like more than any other episode this episode is like we know what we are Let's put some puppets on this screen. You know what I mean? And I really love that. That feels like, it feels like for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, it feels like we know that, like, the only people who are sticking on this show are people who really want to watch it. And here's some, like, stupid shit for you guys. You know what I mean? So I really like it. And I am game for anything that knows what it is. You know? 
Like, when it gets really hard for me for Glee is when I feel like it doesn't understand what it is and it's trying to be something else. But I'm like, you can be as dumb as you want as long as you know that you're being dumb. Like, bring some puppets on the screen. I'm all for it as long as you're like, wink, wink, we know this is ridiculous. Just go along with it. Yeah. And, I I mean, thinking back to, I think, an episode that I think I, like, equate this episode with in my mind but like the body swap episode mm-hmm. i don't remember what my point was never mind i'm tired wait what i literally don't remember i wanted to hear what you were going to say i don't remember everyone go watch props did we Season like props three. uh we didn't like props because the the whole point of props was Tina, shut up. Rachel's amazing. We no. like stuff about okay, props. Okay, yes. This is my this is my thought. Oh my god, I'm literally so exhausted. So, props is a fun idea, but it doesn't know what it is enough to be funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Puppet master, oh, absolutely, is a great idea, and it knows what it is, and it's funny. You know what I mean? You're so right because props is like it's really fun to see everyone impersonate each other. But Maybe because they're really the two Thanksgiving like two episodes, seconds. you know. Yes, exactly. I'm so glad you said it because props is a Thanksgiving special, and this was released on Thanksgiving. Yeah, literally. So like we always have to do something crazy for Thanksgiving. Yeah, literally. Um, but yes, I agree. I props is an episode that I always remember being like, oh, this episode is so fun. It's the body swap episode, mm-hmm. and then when I watch it, I'm like. That was six minutes. And also they didn't really do anything with it. Yeah, like most totally. of it is just Tina singing and that's it. But then this episode is one that I remember not liking. And then yeah. I watch it. And I'm like, no, this episode is so fun. Yeah. And it makes such good use of it's the ghastly color. hallucinations. Yeah. It makes incredible. And like the puppet stuff is very fun, obviously. But also like the Jake hallucination is uh, like top 10 glee performance of all time i'll say it right here and now oh my so, god so amazing no, so it, amazing like thank god they gave that man this song they have been squandering his talents for too long for and real seeing that number on this show i was like this is what i've been missing you know, like some like season two bullshit Hi. spectacle, mm-hmm. like Cheerios mm-hmm. come in on a big set. It's black and white. Everything's crazy. You know, like I just, it was, a, it was like one of my favorite things I have seen on this television show in a long time. It was amazing. And also what I love about that number about nasty slash rhythm nation is it's so spectacle. It's so like gorgeous to watch, but the stakes are are astronomical like wild i you know i don't like the jake plot of him becoming as the recap says a man slut again yeah i think it's like it was so cool to see him kind of change his ways i also as people have emailed in it's a little problematic to have like the only male black character that's ever been on the show and said more than four lines to have it be like, well, he just can't help it, but to sleep with everyone and breathe and says, Oh, are you going to have seven children by seven different women? I was like, that's not a great stereotype to have the only black man on the show to have. Absolutely. But for this number specifically to have the stakes of like Jake 
has been trying to win back Marley, and she has been telling him, essentially, like, you're nasty. Like, you're disgusting. I want nothing to do with you. And now it's gotten so bad that even the girl he left Marley for, Brie has had enough of it. Like, all the people in his life are saying, you're gross. I want nothing to do with you. Like, you just don't treat people like people. I'm so over it. And to have him... Also a great take on these lyrics, like to sing this song about like, I don't care, I'm a nasty boy, and it's just who I am, and I'm going to live my life, Mm -hmm. and then to have Marley and Brie singing backup being all pissed at him. Yeah. Emotionally incredible, stake-wise and storytelling-wise incredible, and then like visually an amazing performance. Absolutely. Like, the camp of having these two women and the rest of the New Direction standing behind these uh the like chain link like, fences just watching him <laughs> and then like riffing back to him it is everything and the cheerios coming in at, from the like at the beginning it like it's just so stunning this entire song like musical number is just beautiful and i love that blaine's like you know gas hallucination is puppets and Jake's is a killer Janet, Janet Jackson, Jackson. Met, met, mashup. Like, that's how cool this guy is. Like, and that's how mm-hmm. lame Blaine is. <laughs> but that's also the, like, a fun thing about them. You know, like, Blaine is so lame in this episode. Like, he goes to, like, his senior elective is arts and crafts, like a big goob. I just love him. Mm-hmm. It sounds mm-hmm. fun. That moment. In Nasty Slash Rhythm Nation, before we hop off that song really fast, the moment when it's still in Nasty and Bree says to Jake, my first name ain't Baby, it's Janet. Miss Jackson, if you're nasty, slaps him and on the slap, it changes to Rhythm Nation and goes into black and white. I'm going to go watch it as soon as we're off this call. It was amazing. I watched it. I watched it again after I finished the episode. I rewound it and watched it again. It's I hope you so, have I hope you go to the bathroom so, so I can watch it in the middle of us recording this episode. <laughs> it's just amazing. And like yeah. Melissa Benoist and Aaron, I'm so sorry I don't know her last name and I don't have the internet to look it up. I can tell you. But they it's something with wood, I feel like. But they are acting the crap out of like their West little Brooke. Literally, wood is not in that at all. Brooke, so don't Brooke know where I got that from. Brooke is in a forest which has wood. True, that's where my brain was going. But Aaron Westbrook and Melissa Benoist acting, acting, acting. Jacob yeah. Artist is dancing, dancing, dancing. Yeah. Uh, Neckbrace Cheerio is also there watching in the hallway. Amazing. No, it's amazing. Five stars. It is so also amazing. Melissa Benoist does that dance move. I know she goes eh, with her boobs. That's so funny. Well, goes, the only nasty thing I like is a nasty groove, and then she does the like. She's I don't even know how to describe it. She's like yeah. gyrating her whole body she's while wiping her hands down her chest. It's funny. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot to take in. I think she's so talented. That moment is maybe not it though. It's funny. I there's that. The moment where, uh, to redeem her, maybe, when she goes, rhythm, I go, ah, Uh my whole body freaks out. It's insane. Amazing. Honestly, I hate the Jarly breakup storyline, but this is the silver lining. This number is so amazing, and I'm so glad it happened. 
Honestly, I don't want to talk about the rest of this episode. I just want to talk <laughs> That's about that it. song. Nasty Rhythm Nation. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about, I have a question. How do you feel about the Brie pregnancy scare? mind it why i mean obviously like what you said it is like a problematic thing to have the only black male character you know i think that that is problematic so i don't like that uh woody but i don't mind you know i think i feel like in my life i have known a lot of men in my life who have not been Mm -hmm. careful about you know be you know using contraception and just like leave it to women to figure out um like birth control and like you know that kind of stuff and also like our assholes um so i i do think that that is like a real learning experience where you know sometimes people really don't take that kind of stuff seriously and they're not ready to family plan um you know and i think everyone should be able to like have you know the like live they live the life they want to live but you got to be like cognizant of what you're doing yeah you know what i mean yeah and i don't like yeah. i don't mind it because it doesn't feel slut shaming it just feels like you gotta you gotta like you, you gotta you have to be careful about what you're doing in the episode specifically i think it works really well and like you say we it jake needs a wake-up call and nothing has really been working as a wake-up call because marley's not taking him back so in the episode itself i think it works out and i like the added drama with Bree, where Bree now is very hurt by Jake and very disgusted by Jake and says, like, stay away from me. Don't talk to me again. The thing that's always weird to me, but I don't think this is a necessarily bad thing. I'm just like, this show goes back to the pregnancy scare well so often. It's yeah, a I cheating, hear that. You know, where they're like, we need to break up a couple. Let's have them cheat on each other. Yeah. And then when they're like, we need some drama of some kind someone's pregnant because we had quinn get pregnant in season one which that was lovely and had a great storyline and i that i'm pro of that storyline and then we had the infamous pregnancy scare of season four with rachel which i still don't know why it happened it added nothing it just felt like they needed something for sweep season and they wanted people to talk about the show more and then we have this one and i do think this one works well I think it's just the season four Rachel pregnancy scare that just makes me annoyed. And so I see it happen again and I'm like, oh, another pregnancy scare on this show. Okay. I hear that. So I'm not against it. I'm just against a plot line that happened a year ago. (laughs) I hear that. I hear that. It is like, it is, you know, they did just use it like very recently. So I hear, Mm -hmm. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I don't think it, you know, I don't know. I hear that. They really did that whole Rachel pregnancy, Rachel pregnancy scare so dirty. That was so terrible. I know. I like, I don't even remember what the point was of it. No, I remember we got like a lovely Rachel and Santana scene from it. But beyond that, I'm like, it didn't even have any It was just like to get people to watch next time. Seriously. You know? Seriously. Like add tension. Stupid. Stupid. Do you have any thoughts about Jake that we haven't talked about? I mean, there's the end where he, like, goes to Marley. We could talk about that. Heck yeah. Tell me your Heck thoughts. Yeah. I, Frank, personally like that part. 
Um, I, I like that Marley has been like, I like, don't want this anymore. Like, um, I don't want Mm -hmm. this anymore. I, I'm glad that we see someone choose to be single on this TV show for fuck's sake. It never happens. Um, like actively choose, you know, to be single, like by, like seeing her do that, I think is one, like a good thing. And then, I mean, I, I think it's a natural thing that when, you know, if you are used to being in relationships a lot, it's natural to like have a life change and then decide that life change wasn't, wasn't like good for you and then go back to what was last comfortable to you. So I like mm-hmm. Jake coming back to her and being like, I need to be with you again. I'm sorry. I fucked up. Like, yeah. t- like, let me be with you. And it's like, um, no, it's too little to lay. As my friend Jojo says, you know what I mean? Yes. But I'm into it. I like that scene. What do you think? Yeah. I like all the Jake stuff in this episode. Yeah. Honestly. And like, like I said, I like the pregnancy scare. It's just, I feel like they've gone to that well a lot, but mm-hmm. I like the whole arc of him getting a wake-up call, of him trying to go back to Marley, but like you said, that the dust has already settled on that. Like, sorry, you messed up yeah. too much. I like seeing a more vulnerable side to Brie and seeing her as a human being. That's oh, yeah, really that lovely. Oh, yeah, nice, for sure. Frankly, this is Brie's best episode. There's a lot of good Brie stuff in this episode, just in time for her to leave. I think it's all great. I also love when Jake's in detention and Figgins is talking about why everyone's in detention. And he says that Jake started another fight in the hallway. And he says, why are you such a musical mysterious bad boy? (laughs) That's incredible. (laughs) A musical mysterious bad boy. Oh my God. I want to be that. That's so fun. Honestly, that little group in detention was very fun. Even when they were just Muppets. The breakfast club. When Figgins welcomes them to detention and says it's called the breakfast club because of how often Becky Jackson is in here. Yeah. <laughs> and Blaine says, why is that? And she goes, cause I like saying bad words, bitch. And then pushes everything <laughs> off her desk. <laughs> Becky has had some killer episodes these last couple of episodes. She she has, like she's my face. so, she's so good in this episode when it cuts to Sue's office and she's at her desk as the secretary <laughs> and she's eating something out of a bowl and goes, I'm lactose intolerant, so I may have to fart coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. It is literally so good. They're eating ice cream. I love that part so much. I love, I love that part. Oh my gosh. We'll get into Sue stuff later, but I love that part. <gasps> yeah. I, the, the, the Beckfist Club is a lot club. of fun. I also love Blaine's uh, puppet fantasy in the Beckfist Club. Mm-hmm. One, how, because he tries to suggest like, hey, let's all do what the Breakfast Club is. Like, let's mm-hmm. all get to know each other and share our darkest secrets. And then Jake's our like, no, lives. that sounds stupid. I'm yeah. going to leave actually. Yeah. But then, in his puppet-induced fantasy, how it is the Breakfast Club, and it's Becky talking about, like, you know, the only reason that I bullied Dottie is because I just wanted to have my old man think I was cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I also love when Blaine starts to realize that he does have a control issue during that scene, and he says, mm-hmm. he says to uh, Becky and Jake, he says, you two 
are my closest friends. And Becky goes, but we're puppets. And he's like, oh, maybe the fact that I can only feel like fully myself around puppets that I can control is a sign of a deeper intimacy issue. And then Jake goes, or maybe everyone should just do exactly what you say because you're so right on all the time. Yeah, literally. I love those moments when through Blaine's fantasy, we see personally... The reason I like Blaine so much in this episode is because, I don't know if you know this, I'm a very controlling person. I have major control issues. And so, like, the stuff that Blaine imagines the puppet saying to him Mm -hmm. are, like, so relatable as to when I'm at my absolute worst, Uh the things that I think people should say to me, where I'm like, everyone should just do everything I say because I'm so dead on all the time. And then when he first has the fantasy in in the choir room, and it's all the puppets just being like, we're so sorry that we ever doubted you. You're right about everything, and you're so smart and cool and awesome. I just think that stuff is so funny and like very self-aware and tongue-in-cheek about how ridiculous it all is and how ridiculous that mindset is yeah that's great honestly a person probably with control issues wrote this matthew hodgson has control issues and this is what he wants to hear i'm sure he does because it's pretty dead on no (laughs) it's it's really funny honestly it's very funny i also love in the in the choir room hallucination someone says like oh, Blaine, you're the most talented person at McKinley or something. And Sam goes, yeah, and that's why we're best friends. Even though I'm straight and you're gay and I'm blonde and you're gay, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. No, it's everyone's caricatures of themselves is like so great this episode. Blaine leaning so hard into being like, you know what? Everyone is wrong and I am right, and they should do anything I say to the point that he fully makes a puppet of Kurt so that he can, um, like, imagine Kurt apologizing to him uh-huh. and then forgive Kurt through the puppet. Mm-hmm. All very funny. Especially when he runs into Sue, like, trips into her, and then she goes, did you just touch me with a puppet? <laughs> like, so violated and mm-hmm. grossed out, and then tells him, Quote, if I catch you with your hand up the butt of anything that isn't human, you're in a world of trouble. It's so funny. And when he calls the puppet, he goes, Kurt Puppet! Or Puppet Kurt! (laughs) Kurt Puppet! Kurt Puppet! It's so stupid. And him like, okay, wait, 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 wait. Him going to Sue's office and then getting caught. Like he's wearing a mask. his nightbird mask. I literally, it's so funny. He should have... If he was in the costume, I think I would have laughed. But literally, Sue being like, you think I didn't think you were going to be here under the cover of Nightfall? You, like, so fucking funny. Tell me. To reclaim your monstrous puppet bride, you strange, (laughs) tiny, doe-eyed pervert. (laughs) This episode's amazing. No, seriously. Let's get every word, like, printed off. And make it wallpaper for our house. Like, it's so good. When when puppet Becky tells Blaine, because Jake is like, Blaine, you're so awesome. My puppet Jake is like, Blaine, you're so awesome. And then Becky goes, yeah, you're America's gay sweetheart. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's all so so good. No, it's really great. All of this, honestly, this entire Blaine plot is just awesome. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I think... Uh, you know, so often on this show, I think you mentioned it a little bit before, where, you know, they kind of like uh, wrap things up with a little bow, where it's like, oh, you know, 
he's going to learn to not be so controlling. And he does learn to not be so controlling, but like he he's going to transfer those, uh, those control issues he has into being a better leader instead Mm -hmm. of like, you know, and I think it's just like, I feel like a pretty natural progression into the end of that plot rather than just like it being like off base, if that makes sense. I don't know. It's just like this plot is so lovely. I really love the entire thing. And I think it's like really hard to be a senior and like have control issues and like want everything to be great and care about something so much and like want to do a good job so bad. And then, you know, everyone has their own free will. That's the hard part about being in a group is like, you can't control them and like learning that, you know, so that's what makes a a good, a group good sometimes, you know, I don't know. It's just, I think this plot is so lovely. I know it's a lot of fun. I like it a lot. Everyone getting their own puppet randomly like made me like clutch my heart. I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Like, I don't know. I just thought that was like a sweet, like, I don't know, a sweet bow on the end of this episode on this of this plot to borrow that phrase. I also like he he mails the New York crew puppets of themselves. And I love Santana and Rachel's reactions to it, where they open the box and Santana says, that is creepy as hell. And then Rachel looks in the box and Leah Michelle's delivery, you can't tell if she's horrified or if she's really excited. She goes, yeah. is there one of everyone? Her like, wait, do I have a puppet too? That's Very probably fun. how I would feel, like horrified, but also excited. I'd be, if someone made a puppet of me, I'd be psyched out of my mind. No, I'd be psyched. I remember at like, FAO Schwartz that you used to be able to make a puppet of yourself or like anyone. And I really wanted to make one so bad. I had a major Muppets phase as a kid to the point that like I was planning on working at Muppet Studios. Oh, hell yeah. I would have died. True, it's not too late, but I'm not really interested in anything they're doing anymore. I'm sorry. I watched Muppet Haunted Mansion starring Darren Chris, and it was not that great. Um. I didn't watch it. But I would die if someone made a puppet of me. Holy cow. We'll make it happen. I remember my high school theater teacher had a, had a puppet that he made at that. It might have been FAO Schwartz. It could have been something else. But he had a puppet and he like brought it to class. Amazing. I just have a continuity question with his Blaine okay. plot really quick. Blaine says to them at the beginning, he's being bossy. He's trying to take charge of the Glee Club. No one's listening to him. And he says, I have won more show choir competitions than anyone in this room. Is that true? I don't think that's true. Is it true? I think it potentially could be true. If if he competed at... Other show choir competitions besides sectionals, regionals, and nationals, it could be true. If we're going off of sectionals, regionals, and nationals, season three and four, he won the same amount as everyone else because he was in the New Directions. Mm -hmm. In season one, he would have won sectionals and regionals potentially, but lost nationals because Vocal Adrenaline won. So he gets two. He gets two for season one. The New Directions have one. But then in season two, he wins sectionals and loses regionals. So he only has one in season two. The New Directions win sectionals and regionals. So they have Mm. two in season two, meaning they all are on a level playing field. They have all won the same amount. At least Tina and Artie. 
Yeah. At least Tina and Artie, and I think that's the distinction, is Tina and Artie are the ones who've been in the, like, who've been in the club, in Mm -hmm. a glee club for as long as he has. So I think it's that. And not that, like, Tina and Artie don't count, but they're not the majority of this group, you know? Yeah. And there is, like, Tina has a very offended reaction so maybe yeah. that was purposeful that it's like, yeah. no, Tina has won as many as he has. Yeah. So maybe they're aware that that math doesn't check out. Maybe. I don't think so. Who knows? But maybe Jenna Ushkowitz is. I will say, I don't think so either because there's a huge continuity mistake in this episode, which is that we see Sue on her first day working at McKinley in the 80s with long blonde hair. However, in The Power of Madonna, we are told that Sue, as a child, bleached her hair so badly that it can't grow past its current oh, like yeah. Bob Pixie cut yeah. because she was trying to look like Madonna. Yeah. Big continuity error. Huge Matthew Hodgson. Come on. Shoot. Don't you watch this show? Also, is Blaine on the Cheerio still? I don't remember. You're asking the wrong quit? girl. You think I watch Glee? I'm like Matthew Hodgson. <laughs> I just visit this show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't Did remember. He quit? I don't remember either. I'll have to do some research on that. When did yeah. Blaine stop being a Cheerio? Because he hasn't been one this whole season. No. And d- is that because they just forgot about it? Or is that because he chose yeah. not to be one? Because he went back to the Cheerios yeah. with Sam to overthrow Sue, and then Sue quit, and then he went to try and get Sue back. But, but now did he quit once Roz took the... over? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Does this show even know? I, I don't know, yeah. honestly. You want another question? Here's another question for you. Where's Nurse Penny? Where'd she go? Should we never see her again? Ever? No. I, well, I mean, Sam's dating Rachel now, so that makes sense. <laughs> oh! Freaking ah, heck! You're so right! That's ah! why she's not here. I liked her. I did too. That relationship was a little weird. It certainly was. Frankly, thinking about it, I can definitely see why they maybe didn't want to keep going with that because that was mm-hmm. like almost definitely a fin plot that like they just yeah. had this person sign a contract for X amount of episodes and then we're going to see where it went because I'm sure that's how this, the show works. And, you know, they're like, Sam is in high school. This girl is in college. Maybe let's move on. And like a faculty member at his yeah. high school. Yeah. Like it's for yeah. the best, I think. Unfortunately. Love you, Nurse Penny. Yeah. Got any more Blaine thoughts? I just love him. This episode is a great Blaine episode. It is a very good Blaine episode. Yeah. This and Big Brother are like the shining Blaine A plot episodes, yeah. you know? They're great. And, like, you know, I also really like the episode where he's, like, filling his life with extracurriculars to, uh, because he's missing mm-hmm. his partner. Like, Yes, 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 yes. I love that episode. Dynamic duets, baby. Yeah. So good. But yeah. Totally. 
We love flawed characters in this house. Heck yeah, we do, baby. You know why? Because why? we are two flawed characters ourselves. What the f***? I was talking are you about calling myself. Me flawed? I was talking about myself and the reflection of myself in my phone screen. Oh, uh, that's we. Okay. Not you. I Not thought you. so. You butt. Talking about me and the puppet replica of myself I have next to my bed. Um, no, but for real, I love I love a flawed character because I, you know, when I see Rachel succeeding and doing well and never making a mistake, I'm like, I can't relate to that. I've ne- literally never mm-hmm. succeeded and done well and never made a mistake. You know what I mean? I'm always yes, on that grind. Literally, the more successful and the more attractive and the more well adjusted Rachel becomes, the less I like her. <laughs> Goodness sakes. Unless I want to watch a TV show about her, you know, uh, that's just the truth. You want to talk about what are your thoughts on the Sue stuff in this episode? Okay. I honestly, I kind of dig the Sue stuff in this episode. I think this is a pretty good Sue episode. I think like, um, having someone who, uh, a, the other day at work, someone, uh, I had my hair up. And, and I was like wearing a ball cap and also like in my work hoodie. <laughs> so And you had like call- a fake mustache drawn on? I did. And someone called me sir. And I thought I was going to burst into flames. It ruined my day. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? But I was also, I was wearing a mask. Like all my, you know, I was just like, I was pissed. You know, so it like, it is so, and especially like as a tall woman, I was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. give me a break. But also the moment where you like see someone who you think might be like a potential love interest of yours is seeing you as like your bro, you know, is like devastating. And like, you know, the lengths you go to, to like try and become what they kind of want or I don't know, not and not that I think that that's what she's doing here. But I feel like that's relatable, at least that. And mm-hmm. like her being like, I have like made my femininity a weakness of mine. Let me like become more girly and see how the school board likes me and become what the school board maybe wants. And then maybe I'll date the superintendent. I think it's fun. I think it's a fun episode. And I like Sue confiding in Becky. I like Sue confiding in Unique. I'm into this. Yeah. I really like this episode. I mean, I, we, we've already talked about that. I like this plot line a lot. I like, you know, Sue is a more masculine, has like more of a masculine energy about her. Yeah. I like her kind of coming into touch with her femininity, especially her talking about the reason that she had to shed herself of her femininity was yeah. because people weren't respecting her back in the day. Yeah. What I love about this plot line, though... <laughs> Is the fact that this whole thing stems from the fact that this man that Sue is interested <laughs> in thought that she was a dude and she's so humiliated and she needs him to know that she's a woman because they're perfect for each other. And she goes through yeah. all this trouble, does this whole makeover, meets him again. He's so complimentary of yeah. her as the principal. He apologizes. He's like, I'm so sorry. Just sometimes I get with my job. I get really focused on something and I don't notice what's around me. I'm so sorry. And then she asks him out and he still is not interested in going out with her. And yeah. it's mega it's awkward. Really funny. Like that's just so funny and the way the other superintendent blows his cheeks out of like who that was uncomfortable anyways let's go yeah it's just it's such a like genius undercut 
of keeping it from being, I don't know, like potentially corny. Yeah, no, totally. It's really it's just funny. like such a fun, such a fun subversion where it's like she got what yeah. she wanted. He like sees her femininity. She is being acknowledged as a powerful woman mm-hmm. while also being feminine. Mm-hmm. But like at the end of the day, this guy's just not into her. And yeah, totally. he's not going to go out with her. And, that's, and okay. that's the end of that. No, totally. It's so funny. Yeah, totally. And I think you're so right. Like this, uh, this plot like could potentially be so corny, especially like with all of it, but just having it with this guy who's just like an idiot and was like, Oh, actually I just don't want to date you. Okay. Bye. It's, just, it's very funny. And it, like, I think grounds this plot very well. I think it's lovely. We have a we also have a few uh, banger moments in this plot. There's when the superintendent first asks Sue if she's married. And she goes, "No, I married myself once, but I don't think it was legal." Shout out mm-hmm. Matthew Hodgson. There was a show bible for that one. Good for you. That was a good one. That was a good one. Also, when we have the flashback to the '80s, and it's when Sue first meets Figgins. And he's trying to talk like Crocodile <laughs> Dundee to make the students respect him. And like, bless Iqbal Thiba, I don't know how hard he was trying. But the fact that he cannot do an Australian accent to save his life makes it he's so much me. funnier than if he was actually good at the accent. The way it's that really it's funny. like just barely an Australian accent, but mostly his normal accent is so, yeah. so funny. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I I think that flashback is such a fun flashback in so many ways, like having her chop all of her hair off and just look the exact same. Like she has like not changed her outfit since the 80s. Like is just <laughs> hilarious. Like everyone around her in like full 80s garb and her in just the outfit we know and love her in is just so funny. And also intercut with the scene of her and Becky eating ice cream and just like, you know, chitting, chit chatting. Like it's just I don't, it, that whole scene is so fun. And her like, you know, like confiding in this girl and being like, that sucked so bad. I hated that. I just, I was so mm-hmm. fun. It's also, it's also nice to have unique get a moment that isn't her being traumatized. And yeah, I mean, absolutely. it does suck that like unique's moments of happiness are always just her being an accessory to someone else like it'd be nice if she could get her own plot line that was her having a good time Mm -hmm. but it was nice to have a little sue unique interaction that was positive and then they have that moment where after sue's makeover she's walking with the superintendent and she looks at unique and unique gives her that knowing glance back of like oh it's working that was nice to see it was it was i really liked that Dancing cheek to cheek is the least interesting of the hallucinations, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's still fun, though. I still yeah. have a good time with it. And I like how different all of them are. I like how Blaine, we get like a Sesame Street number that is full Sesame. It's very like the song they pick is a very I know it's like a queen song, but it's a very like kitty friendly song yeah. and the acting that Blaine does is very kids TV. Yeah, totally. And then Jake's fantasy sequence is so like dirty, sexy 80s dance heavy intense and then this one is so schmaltzy 1930s song and dance. 
it just keeps the the gimmick yeah. from getting tired that we're given something Absolutely. so different every single time. Absolutely. And honestly, like, I think all of the imagination sequences in this episode are so great. Even thinking about the one in New York, like, this episode is just so fun because it's like, what are a bunch of songs we want to do, but maybe don't have, like, context for? You know, let's mm-hmm. just, like, do it. Let's just, like, throw shit at the wall and like do all the things it's just like such a fun and smart way to do all these numbers that like might not ordinarily fit in an episode it's just yes awesome it is lovely i so agree i so agree i just feel like they had fun with this episode you know i feel like they were they were excited about what they could do with it yeah and I also like, we have that moment where at the end of the episode, she's giving the tour to the superintendent and then Figgins as the janitor runs in and he says, she can't be principal. She's endangered the lives of these students. There's a gas leak in this school that has gone unnoticed. And then the discovery for us as the audience that Sue actually fixed the gas leak last night because during Cheek to Cheek... <laughs> She realized, oh, this is insane. This is yeah. definitely a hallucination. Literally. And then realized there was a gas leak, went in and fixed herself. Oh, my god. That's gosh. very funny. It was very funny. Mm-hmm. It also, I don't know. I literally, when it started, I had, I literally forgot that that was the spot that like, if you sat in that spot, like, so she mm-hmm. was chatting with Will, having, like, a very earnest conversation. Will walks away, and then she starts having a hallucination. And I – it tickled me because I forgot that that was the spot <laughs> that that happened. And I was like, God, that is so smart. I just love it. It was so funny. All right. You ready for New York? Yeah. Oh, that wasn't very enthusiastic. Here's my deal. I don't know that I love the the Pamela Lansbury stuff most ever. I don't mind it in this episode, but it's like not my favorite like avenue that they're uh-huh. going down. The idea that Rachel is like ditching all of her Broadway shit to come be in this band, this Madonna cover band, you know, is just kind of silly to me. And um, I think up until the Madonna song that they do, I was like, I don't know that this band is a real band. Like the Madonna song that they do in this episode, I think is very fun. And I was like, oh, okay, I think I would like go see this show. But like the idea of it, I think is kind of silly. You know what I mean? Yes. And like the way that every single person is like not wanting to be a part of this band, but Kurt is like dragging them all along is just like, okay, all right, you guys. It's kind of hard to watch just from that perspective, I think. This whole band doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, we've talked about it before. Like you said, none of them seem interested in being there. And also, they keep meeting up as a band, but without the band. Like, they have so many band meetings in this episode. The drummer, the guitarist, the bassist, like all the people who are actually making sure they have music are not invited to any of these meetings. What's going on with that? Literally. Like, I think we said this before, but I feel like the hardest part about forming a band is like filling out your like instruments. We've got singers up the ass, especially here in New York. But like, where's 
Where's your drummer? Danny's here. Where's the drummer? And all of that makes it feel less like a fresh new direction. Wow, I did not mean to make that reference. It makes it feel less like a fresh nude erection. uh, And it makes it feel more like a retread of just the new directions. Because they're not forming a band. They're forming a show choir. It's just the new directions in New York and it's much less compelling because they're not all high school kids dealing with relatable high school issues anymore. If it was a little bit more like a real band and it was Kurt trying to deal with like new people who played instruments and trying to make all of that work, maybe it would feel fresher and more interesting, but I agree with you. It's just kind of like, what are we doing here? Why is Rachel in this band period? That doesn't make any sense. Also, she doesn't need to be a part of everything. And no one is into this but Kurt and I don't know. Yeah, it's just hard to watch, especially like when all of them don't want to do it. Mm hmm. I don't like super hate it. Sure. It's just not incredibly compelling. Like the McKinley stuff in this episode, I am dialed into. Yeah, seriously. The New York stuff, frankly, on my second watch. I was uh, fully like getting stuff done during the New York stuff. Yeah. It would go to yeah. New York and I was like, well, I better clean up my room a little bit. <laughs> I was yeah. fully tapped out for it. So that said, yeah. them singing into the groove is a fun number and no, their outfits are awesome. They're like 80s neon outfits. Great. It's really fun. I, I And, like, until that number, I feel like I really couldn't, like, conceptualize what this band would look like. But, like, mm-hmm. it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Um, is it, like, I think we could have had Kurt be in a band without Rachel. You know, yes. I don't mind that Santana is there, but it feels like at this point there's too many cooks in the kitchen. But I did really love this number, and I think it was a blast and like a great choice. And they look so cute. And it was a very fun number. You know, to be more interesting. Kurt forms a band yeah. with Elliot. Elliot like also plays guitar to yeah. justify him being there. And yeah. with Danny, Danny does not work at the spotlight diner. Danny auditions for the band is the pianist and one of the vocalists. Santana meets Danny because she is in her roommate's band and they start a relationship that way. Oh, I think and that's so like, good. Danny is Kurt's friend first, and then there's that drama of like, I don't want you dating my roommate because like we're yeah. friends and bandmates, and that could be drama. And then it gives Santana an excuse to always be hanging out with the band. And then Rachel's not part of the band at all. I don't want her in that plot line. But yeah. like, it gives Kurt a more personal relationship with everyone. And I think that would be more interesting. I think that's way oh, well. more interesting. That's a great idea. Let's do it. Let's uh, write that down. Let's put it in our Glee reboot. Great. We will. In our Glee reboot where we remake every episode individually. Yeah. So it's the same basic episode, yeah. but we just improve it. Yeah. We just make it better. And then in this episode, well, in the episode where people were like, Danny auditions for the band, uh, Kurt sings, you're in the band. Exactly. What is that song? I don't know what that is. It's from School of Rock, the musical. One hundred percent. Not enough Andrew Lloyd Webber. One thing I really love about Into the Groove is 
the fact that Kurt sings lead because the other times yeah. we've heard Pamela Lansbury sing, he has sung backup and it's fully his band that he had the idea for. Yeah. Very glad to have him leading a song for once. It's also funny to me that Danny, who is doing much more than anyone else because she's a full like instrumentalist is so pushed to the back you can't even see her is barely on camera this whole number and i'm like girls actually doing stuff santana and rachel are just standing and doing oohs and ahs to me at least like demi lovato is a real rock star and like Mm -hmm. if you're gonna like pay demi lovato to be in this episode like let's put demi lovato in the episode you know what i mean like a a band that's Demi Lovato, Adam Lambert, and Chris Colfer, like just the three of them kicking ass, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's what I want. So awesome. Get those other two out of there. I, know. I love Santana. She's but Santana not could be doing the... anything exactly. right now. And exactly. Rachel actively has something to do, and they keep giving her lines about ditching the thing she has to do. Mm-hmm. Like, girl, you are making a Broadway salary. At age 19, you should be prioritizing that. You know how lucky you are? And you're throwing it out to be the fourth lead vocalist in a Madonna cover band? Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Also crazy to me, and I mean, like you said, they do acknowledge this in the episode that it is a little crazy, but crazy to me that Kurt is like Blaine my band is having a performance at some tiny little bar tomorrow. So could you buy a plane ticket and fly hours to see our one hour set and ditch school for it and then go back? And then he's upset when Blaine doesn't do it. Wild. Wild. I do understand that he's upset that Blaine committed to it and then flaked Mm -hmm. out without telling him. That's good reason to be upset. But the fact that he is so when he talks to Blaine It's not that, like, it was Blaine's idea to do it, and then Blaine flaked out. Kurt puts that expectation on him of, like, hey, could you drop some money and fly a bunch of hours and potentially miss school your senior year to see me play in a bar? No. Yeah. I think he sent him a voucher, though. He sent him a JetBlue voucher. He does say a JetBlue voucher. Does that mean he paid for his plane? I like to think that was, like, 10% off. Oh, sure. Yeah, it wasn't anything crazy. What's Kurt's life like that he could cover a round trip to New York City on a JetBlue voucher? Where'd he get that voucher? Spotlight Diner. I guess. Someone was like, I don't have any cash to tip you with, but he was a round trip from Ohio. Also, they fly so frequently, he probably like gets good discounts. That's true. They got the frequent flyers at the Wazoo. Anyways... What we have left is the, dare I say, best part of this episode? I would say so. Our final number. What does the fox say? Frankly, there's not much to say about it. This, this, even this number has no substance. It's not well choreographed. Uh -uh. It's not well thought out. It is on like the, you're going to hear me roar, uh, like set it is silly it is not fun it's not innovative it's just stupid and they just wanted to have everyone sing a song with their with their puppets why do they have puppets it's a song about animals yeah i don't know it doesn't make any sense it's just like it's stupid if they sing like 
Rainbow Connection, it would make sense. They've already done Rainbow Connection. That's the thing. I know the Waffle Toots did it. But the Muppet catalog is rich with incredible songs. Manamana, come on. But, like, honestly. Manamana, the Glee version, come on. Genuinely. If they want to do a big closer with puppets, because they have to do a closer, do a number that, like, makes sense why you're doing it with puppets. This feels like a hat on a hat, you know? I am so glad you called it a hat on a hat. But it's like, they're already doing this song that's a meme, which is already dumb and weird enough. And then on top of that, they're doing a song with puppets. You can do, you know... A normal song with puppets, and that's dumb and silly. Or you can do this song that's a meme, and that's dumb and silly. If you do both of them, it is so dumb that it cancels any it's silliness silly. out, and yeah. it's just dumb. Yeah, that, just that dumb. math definitely maths. It's just not silly. It's mm-hmm. just... Two, two sillies make a serious, you know? Yeah, yeah seriously. Seriously. No, I, I I don't even have any, like, funny take about it. It's just, like, this episode is so great. They could have done anything to get these puppets on on screen, and they squandered it by trying to, like, you mm-hmm. know, you know, relate to the kids. Them singing We Can't Stop by Miley Cyrus is such a bonkers choice, but I can see a world where that's funny. Yeah. This wasn't <laughs> this just broke kevin McHale. that's all it did and this episode is i don't know it broke me too and i remember this because i don't remember this episode fondly and like we said mm-hmm. earlier this is a great episode that like makes people think it's straight and like breaks us and breaks its actors and you can see it in all their faces that they kind of all hate it like i don't think Anyone other than Leah Michelle and Adam Lambert are having fun. And it's and I especially don't like that. She is making eyes at him. She's doing eyebrows. She is riffing with her eyes closed. I'm yeah. like, you're singing Stop. about a fox and your hand is up a puppet's butt. Like literally. What's Stop. happening in your brain? And like I feel like when Glee doesn't have anything, it at least has some fun and some whimsy. And there is ne'er mm-hmm. fun nor whimsy in this song. It is stupid. Yeah. Well, what the fox say? That's it. That's a a sneeze and rap on Puppet Master. I like, like just talking about that number kind of killed my energy. I know, right? Which sucks. This episode is fun. <laughs> It's so bad. Oh my no, gosh. Doom doom doom. Best part, worst part. Boom. Lena, what's your best part of this episode? <sighs> Ian, I'm so glad you asked me first because my best song is Nasty Slash Rhythm Nation. And my best like part of the episode is I love the entire Blaine plot. I love learning more about Blaine. I love him being like, like 
a nasty senior with control issues who just wants everyone to follow his fucking lead and no one will take a hint. So he just copes with making puppets so everyone takes a hint, at least in his mind. That's so funny. I love it. Ian, what's your best part? My best number is obviously the one that you said, but my second yeah. best is probably you're my best friend. Uh, a Great lot choice. of fun. Darren Chris's commitment to being so cheesy and over the top really sells it. I just love a puppet number. Um, yeah. My best part, honestly, best part of the whole episode is Becky saying, because I like saying bad words, bitch, bitch, and then pushing everything off her desk. Great Becky episode. That's amazing. No, that's that's awesome. amazing. What's your worst part? My worst part is ding, 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 ding. What's your worst part? Um, that obviously, but besides that, probably just New York and New York isn't, yeah. it's not, a, it's not, it strong. isn't like, yeah, but it's not like bad. It's not like, no, oh, I just, hated it. No. It's just like, I, st- I kind of had a, a harder time paying attention because it was less interesting. Yeah. So, meh, yeah. that. Yeah. Honestly. Shoot. That's a, that's a sneeze and wrap. I had a great experience with this episode. I love the ones where I don't remember them fondly and then walk away feeling kind of better about them. This episode rocks. Yeah, and you're like, oh, that was fun. This one was, it fun. was fun. Sorry, Matthew Hodgson, you did a good job. You really did. Well, everyone, if you have thoughts on Puppet Master, if you still hate it, if you've always loved it and this was vindicating for you, mm-hmm. we want to hear them. Send them to recoveringgleek at gmail.com. Let us know. We will share some of your emails. On our mini-sode coming out a week from today. Well, if you want, you can follow us on social media. We're at RecoveringGleek underscore podcast on TikTok and Instagram. And we are at RecoveringGleek on Twitter. If you want to support our podcast, you can do so in a free way. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Write up a little review for us. Give us a rating. Why won't you? It actually, it helps our podcast a lot. If you've got a spare couple of dollars, you can subscribe to our Patreon. We've got uh, videos of all of our podcasts. We've got uh, our podcast without ads. We've got uh, monthly bonus episodes. Uh, our Thanksgiving episode, of course. We did the Thanksgiving body snatching uh, movie of the century. Freaky Friday 2008? Question mark? Three. 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 <laughs> Three? No. Yes, three. Yeah. Whoa. That movie is not that old. That's crazy. 2003. Wow. I guess it's before Mean Girls. Well, that rocked my world. Yeah. That's really crazy. Um, we just talked about that. We're gonna, you know, maybe you, and if you subscribe soon, you can help us pick out what we're gonna do for December. Then that'll be kind of fun. Uh, a perk of being a part of our Patreon is, at the end of every episode, we give you a little shout-out in the form of a little game. And uh, this week, it's Ian's turn to try and say all of our top-tier patrons' names as fast as he can. Ian, are you ready? Heck yeah. I don't remember what my last one was, but I remember it was my record for fastest I've ever done it. But it was also recorded outside of an episode. You know, I had to, like, insert it mm, afterwards. Yes. Oh, yeah. So I had been resting. So we're going to see what happens here. Okay. A big thank you to Go. Willie, Evie, Sarah, Camelin, Danica, Shalane, Salty Boy, Hannah, Eli, Sazana, 
Zana, Mary Kay, Atticus, Brittany, Meg, Ava, Carolina, Reagan, Meredith, Colorio, Katie, Alex, Josette, Tori, Amy, Marcus, Lowe, Ethan, Danielle, Brisa, Maggie, Ian, Sutton, Madeline, Tiffany, Alani, Rachel, Elise, Kieran, Diane, Elaine, Jeanette, Benjamin, Suzanne, Blanton, Lola, Ben, Alice, Bay, Bamisham, Katie, Fanson, Nadia, Savannah, Fadia, Meadow, Nicole, Ali, Joseph, Jackson, Tori, Galley, Caitlin, Patrice, Garbage, Maddie, Abby, Kodia, Kristen, Story, Natasha, Liz, Eileen, Mariah, Manuel, Mallory, Sarah, Hannah, Matilda, Rebecca, Libby, Lee, Eve, Jordan, Andrew, Elizabeth, Christina, Dell, Ari, Liam, Riley, Juliana, Elijah, Stephanie, Haley, Raphael, Marissa, Bryn, Taylor, Kimberly, Carlin, Frankie, Dana, Chase, Finley, Jocelyn, Margaret, Despina, Liz, Josie, Nash, Aaron, uh, Alana, Marin, Han, Han, Phoebe, Kaylee, Caitlin, Megan, Emily, Aria, Jeremy, Beatriz, Ava, <gasps> Ava, Haley, Emily, Anaya, Michelle, Lauren, Marcus, Lisa, I'm for Eyes, Jacqueline, Spencer, Elsie, Troy, Mallory, Meredith, Phoebe, Hannah, Laura, Ray, Emily, Alyssa, Charlie, Lily, Melanie, Yonula, Samantha, Sam, Aubrey, T Stephanie, Kate, Kelsey, Haley, Tiffany, Emily, Leah, Kelsey, Isabel, Amira, Thomas, Chucho, Cyrus, Brittany, Victoria, Aaliyah, Naomi, Haley, Robbie, Andy, Mackenzie, Rhiannon, Ashley, Roman, Michael, Andre, Katie, Will, Elizabeth, Freddie, Sinead, Emma, Emma, Turtle, Allison, stop! Ah! What? 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 A minute 19. A minute 19. Last time was a minute 10, so didn't quite meet the record. I also... I felt like I was going blind. <laughs> we love all of our, well, we love all of you, but we love all of our patrons. So thank you so much for supporting our podcast. Yeah. Also, as Lena said, if you don't have the money to support our Patreon or should have, if you just don't want to, like I respect that. <laughs> you don't have to. Um, if you enjoy our podcast, we would love it if you rated and reviewed us, yeah. especially right now with Jenna and Kevin's new podcast releasing. Mm-hmm. If you type in Glee on Apple Podcasts, their podcast comes up first, and then a few down is ours. A lot more people are going to be like looking for Glee content with their podcast releasing. And if you like our podcast, we would love it if more people could also listen. A lot of people yeah. listening to that podcast will get ours recommended to them if we have people rating and reviewing us. So if you enjoy listening and you could just take five minutes out of your day to do that on Apple Podcasts, at, on Apple Podcasts, yeah. we would appreciate it so much. Definitely. Absolutely. Well, we love you all so much. Seriously, thank you so much for being here. I'm like uh, so grateful to be able to sit and chat about this silly show with my friend. And I'm so glad that there are people who want to listen and who feel similar to the way we do. It makes me feel so good. And it is you guys are the light of my life. And I just love you. I'm really grateful for all of you. So I hope you have a great rest of your week and I hope, uh, you know, everything's going well for you right now because I just think you deserve it. Here is a kiss on your forehead from me to you. If you accept consensual forehead kisses. Here's a kiss from me. Owie, owie, yahoo! Owie, owie, yahoo! <laughs> Adam Lambert's face when That's he good. does that, he's committed. Yeah. He's committed. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Recovering Gleek. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at recoveringgleek underscore podcast. If you liked our podcast, be sure to leave a review. And tell your friends, please. I was a child who was very into the special features on DVDs. I would watch them constantly because I was a weirdo. You and me both.
And that's how I discovered what a Foley artist was, was the special features for Monsters Incorporated. And it showed a clip of the Foley artist making all the sounds for the monsters. And I'll never forget the orange monster that's like a stick that has a bunch of tentacles coming out the sides. When it goes to its door, the way the Foley artist made its noise was they took their cheeks and just like moved their cheeks really fast to a microphone. So it was like this. It left such an impression on me that literally every few months I'll just be sitting alone in my room and I'll be like, the monster from Monsters Incorporated. (laughs) And I'll just do it to myself and imagine the monster (laughs) moving its tentacles. Honestly, that's quit podcasting. Let's be fully artists. We're going into fully artisism. We're going to be yeah, fully here, artisans. Here's the, I have an interesting new uh, take. Maybe you've heard of this one. This is the orange monster okay. going through the door from Monsters, Inc. Oh my gosh, it sounds just like him. <laughs> okay, I have, an interesting new, I have an interesting new take. This is the fox walks in the door and he starts talking. Oh, yo, yahoo! Oh, yo, yahoo! <laughs> 